You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to week six of the Wingfoot Locks 2020 edition. Greg Hoyle with me as always. Greg, we are rising and grinding this morning. Full disclosure here, man. Is your head on the gridiron or on the course right now? Uh, we're, we're in a, a nice chalet here in the Poconos, and... Uh, you know, we're prepping for this. I don't have to mentally prepare too much to go out and shoot a nice 120 today. So we're, we're 100% focused. All right. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I got a question here. Greg's Alive is the is the question we've, we're getting on Facebook right now. So uh, uh, was it a rough night? <laughs> Who's asking said question? Uh, Chris Wilson wants to know. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes, Chris. Uh, alive and ready. Ready to rock. Awesome. So get, I will get then... Get you on the course today, Chris. <laughs> he's he's talking a little smack early this morning. Let's hope uh, his picks are better than his short game because I've heard <laughs> I've heard stories. They, they they are all right. Listen, before we get into this week's game, we got to talk about the absolute fire that Chris Portente has been on. A no doubter, five and zero oh to start the season. Basically, had a cigar game with the Los Angeles Rams pick over the Washington football team last week. And listen, mea culpa, uh, I I put a little question out there about the pick last week. I got to be honest with you, everybody out there listening, I I go blind, blind with the lock of the week because it's the lock of the week for a reason. Sometimes it's like the Wizard of Oz, right? You don't know what's going on behind the curtain with Chris Portente over there. But he's got, I think, I picture just a big blackboard with some math equations going all over the place and a large Italian hero involved in making the Wingfoot lock pick each week. And I'm not going to go against the gut, you know, a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of balsamic on that hero. And each week, mwah, a delicious pick when it's all said and done. So make sure you follow along on Instagram. Uh, at Wingfoot Sports. The lock is up there each week. I believe it's up there right now. If not, it'll be up there shortly. Um, any thoughts on the absolute tear that Chris has been on to start the season, Greg? In in this picture you're painting, I'm definitely envisioning a chalkboard as well, right? So he's not using like the black uh, marker on the, the, the whiteboard. It's definitely a chalkboard. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know where he got the chalkboard from. It's a large one. Maybe there's a ladder needed to reach the top for part of the Indeed. equation. And then he just the, uh, he strolls by like Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting, sees the equation on the board being the game of the week, and he just looks at it and writes down the answer, and there it is, boom, winner. Hey, man, you don't, you don't have to tell me. I had to chastise you last week for, uh, you know, coming close to sullying his pick, but uh, yours was the real nail-biter there, that under in that game. We were, what, we were a 30 at half? Yep. And then only 10 points in the second half. So that was, uh, we, we escaped with that one. And he well, was just sitting sitting back there, feet up on the on the cozy couch and ready for victory. Well, comeback player of the year, Alex Smith, 
Uh, <laughs> had a monster second half in there. Man, I was a little bit nervous that he was going to give them a, a win one for the Gipper emotional boost coming in there. But God, they can't protect him. I think he was sacked six times and he only played half the game. It does this make me I, like I love the guy, right? Love the story. Does this make me heartless here that that's an absolute ridiculous thing? He's like massive negative money, right? Like Ben Roethlisberger is potentially going to lead his team to like a you know gaudy record and and uh, looks pretty good, right? And he's not going to get a sniff at the comeback player. Like, can we sprinkle a little money on Big Ben right now? Uh, Big Ben, yeah. I mean, he definitely is is playing well. Uh, if we're going to look at actual stats, but if we're looking at storylines, I don't know if we're going to get a better better one than Alex Smith. Plus, I think Alex Smith is going to get his first win if, if he's under center here. I, I don't even know who's getting the start in this one. Um, not. Kyle Allen's officially getting the start? Yes. Oh, man. Ron Rivera, what are you doing there? Yeah. I... I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to sit there with his stomach in his throat the whole game. I, I felt bad for, uh, I don't know, did, did you feel comfortable watching Alex Smith? Oh, they my God. Panning, no, not at all. Did you see his, his family? Oh, dude, they were panning to his wife, and I was like, please stop doing that. She's obviously uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And obviously happy and thrilled, right? Like this is a The great guy story. almost lost his leg. The guy almost lost his leg. Yeah, he needs he needs to throw for more than 50 yards, though, to get comeback player of the year. I'm sorry. Absolutely. All right, with that, let's go from one gruesome injury to another. The Dallas Cowboys last week suffered what has to be the biggest injury of the early season so far. Dak Prescott's leg looked like it was hanging by a thread. Uh, I think that view was watched all over YouTube. It, it had thoughts of, of, obviously, Alex Smith, Joe Theismann, uh, I remember a basketball injury, Sean Livingston, where his knee just collapsed once. Uh, it was tough to watch. And then another basketball injury, Kevin Ware uh, in Louisville, uh, who just went up for a jump shot, came down, and the bone broke right through his leg. Uh, it did not you know, look good too, for it's, Dak. It's, it's too early in the morning to be talking about this. I know. I got my coffee here, though. Out. I'm I'm caffeinated. Sorry if you're eating your eggs with some salsa on it this morning. <laughs> the, the, the worst the worst part of that was when he tried to pop it back in afterwards. Yeah, straight up reaction. Uh, so honestly, right. I thought got, that was a good thing because I thought it was just dislocated at first, and he just wanted to pop it back in. But yep, then I heard yep. later on that the bone is sticking through the sock. Yeah, no, and that's exactly what like. I was like, man, don't do that. <laughs> you don't, you don't oh, know. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, it it is a shame because he was leading them right into a nice four and twelve season. So, oh, I, I don't know what they're going to do now? I have a question for you, Greg. Uh, as you throw a shot at the Dallas Cowboys, who's in first place in the NFC East right now? Yeah, at the end of the season's all that matters, brother. That is the truth. That is the truth. But listen, you got it, it. It helps. The end of the season, you end up at the finish line based on what happens early in the season. And uh, the Cowboys, regardless of how bad the NFC East is, are right now in first place in that division. Look, Dak went out of the game. I texted you STUD about Andy Dalton. Stud. And he goes and immediately fumbles the next snap after I text that to you. He did make up for it down the stretch, obviously, with that big throw. And uh, Michael Gallup looked like the stud on Sunday who made some huge catches down the sideline uh, and got the Cowboys the win over the Giants. 
what do you think about Andy Dalton as the backup quarterback, now the starting quarterback for the Cowboys for what looks like the remainder of the season? Uh, for this game, I like the situation there because I feel like uh, Arizona's been just scooting all over the place on a couple of road games. So I think it's a pretty decent situation. He's a good backup, man. Like I, I like the uh, – I think when it happened, I might have sent you a note, quarterback controversy, question mark, when when they signed Dalton, uh, which was obviously tongue-in-cheek, but I obviously don't think, you know, he certainly, we were talking about Case Keenum before uh, we were on air, right? That's that's not a bad backup, right? Dalton's not a bad backup, so um, this is a good situation for Dallas to pick up some, some additional ground in the division. Um, so I don't know about for the season. We'll see how he plays, right? Like, is he is he rusty? How's he going to do? It's not like he sat out all of last year, but uh, looked pretty good. It was against the Giants, but uh, I, I think the situation this week, I'm not going to officially pick Dallas because I feel like it's been all over the place from like two and a half to one, um, but I do like their situation this week, and I, I think that's – Something you would want to look at. They're Monday night game, right? Yes, they are the Monday night game. And with that, I will make the first official pick of the pod this week. I will go with the Dallas Cowboys plus the points. Uh, I see it everywhere right now from plus one to plus two. Uh, So obviously get the number that you can. But uh, I think that you mentioned it, right? The Arizona Cardinals have been around uh, the country lately. I think they have – this is their third straight road game. Uh, And I love a team coming off a big win against the Jets because that to me means nothing because the Jets are that bad. The Jets – uh, have been getting blown out in every game. They lack talent, and I think that this is a good week for them to uh, the Arizona Cardinals to come back down to earth a little bit. We were on them last week. We said you had to fade them after some of the games that they played previously, and when you look at the opponents that they've beaten so far this season, San Francisco, which that doesn't look like a very good win right now. Uh, they've beaten the New York Jets, and I blame oh the Washington football team. Those are the three wins that you've got for Arizona right now, and so they haven't looked all that great against the quality opponents. Their losses came to Detroit and Carolina. Am I right on that one? The Carolina one, Greg. I think that's the one I'm questioning there. But either way, I think uh, Kyler Murray has has when he's. Yeah, okay. Uh, He's been under some... When he has been under pressure, hasn't looked as good. Uh, Obviously, that defense, they struggle sometimes to get some pressure on the quarterback. And again, I don't think we're talking about that big of a downgrade here. I really don't like the Cowboys this season at all as a favorite. But at home, as an underdog, I think this is a great spot for them on Monday night. Uh, And I think... They're in first place in the division. They've got something to play for. They've got a little bit of excitement. I think the guys step up around Andy Dalton this week a little bit. They uh, Their offense has been putting up monster numbers this season. I think they have enough of a pass rush to get some pressure this week on Kyler Murray. And I think it's going to cause them a little bit of trouble there. Look, I, I don't think that this 
is going to be the same team without Dak Prescott, but I think maybe they hand the ball off a little bit more to Zeke, and I don't think that's a bad thing because you've seen him look disinterested at times. Uh, They paid the guy $90 million, and then they were throwing the ball all over the place, in part because they were falling behind and turning the ball over. Um, I do hope that he can get that snap under control uh, and work things out with the rookie center who they have, but overall, the offensive line has looked pretty solid despite having to shuffle around a little bit I said that the majority of their offensive line was getting old, and I had a lot of concerns about them. These young guys that they've drafted, man, I say what you want about the Dallas Cowboys overall. They seem to make some good picks on the offensive line because so far these guys have looked uh, like they've provided Dak with, with some pretty good protection. And I have a little bit more confidence now in the offensive line that these young guys have been stepping up and playing pretty well. Look, the defense still has questions, uh, and I would not include this in any teaser because— if the Cowboys lose it, wouldn't it shock me if, if Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins put up some numbers on them? But listen, I think this is an overreaction. I think the Cowboys should still be a favorite. I haven't seen enough from Arizona to get me to buy into them yet. And for that reason, I say roll with the Cowboys, take the points in this one. That's my first pick of the week. What do you think, Greg? Fine with it. All right. I'm not going to pick against you. I'm not going to root for it, but... Uh... It's, it's good. I, I agree with the situation. Of course you're not going to root for it. That's because uh, you still have hope for your hapless Eagles right now, even though Carson Wentz is one of the, turns the ball over twice a game and is one of the worst quarterback ratings in the league. It's fantastic right now. He He's was supposed to be the savior. The better of the two redheads that you're referencing here. <laughs> I'll take the red, what does he call it? The pink water pistol, as Chris Portente refers to Andy Dalton. I am happy to have That's him on our right. team. Yeah, you, you don't actually mean that. You'd rather trot into a game with Andy Dalton than Carson Wentz, correct? Oh That's, well, just, I mean, and the just, team surrounding oh, them. Ugh. I'll take I'll take Andy Dalton and his team surrounding him over the Eagles right now. Listen, I think this Cowboy Let's wide receiver on. trio is the best trio in football. I mean, outside of maybe Kansas City, if we throw in Travis Kelsey there with uh, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Travis Kelsey, Ceedee Lamb has been great as a rookie. Gallup, Michael Gallup has been incredible, and honestly, Amari Cooper so far has probably been, at least from a strictly numbers performance standpoint, uh, he's been probably the the most disappointing of those three, and he still had a solid season. So it's a good, it's a good thing they used that pick on another wide receiver because you really need three good wide receivers to win a Super Bowl. We're Next, gonna look yeah. at this as the greatest show on turf when it's all said and done. <laughs> We're gonna compare Sorry. this to Kurt Sorry, Warner, Azakim, Marshall one. Falk, all those guys out there. Isaac Bruce, who am I missing? I'm missing one, I'm sure. Tory Holt. There you go. I got them all. All right, enough about the Cowboys. Let's move on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is an interesting matchup here, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home, that number right now, minus three, minus three and a half, taking on the Cleveland Browns who, you know, after a all the hype going into last year, have probably lived up to it, are living up to it right now. Uh, they come into this one at 4-1, Steelers undefeated. And the Browns are putting up big points. Uh, They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. And obviously we know about the threat of that rushing attack. Uh, But Greg, you say you you are pressing the sell button on the Browns this week. Why? Uh, Well, look at at what happened to them against the the Ravens the last time they played, you know, uh, a bunch of grownups, right? Uh, So the last division game that they had, they got pasted. Um, What was it, the... 
38 to 6. Wait a minute, wait a minute. A bunch of grown-ups. They just came off playing the Indianapolis Colts, which have, I think, the first or second best-ranked defense in the league right now, at least from a points-per-game standpoint. I don't don't think they're trotting out a real quarterback over there, but uh, that's... (laughs) A different story for a different day. Yeah, but th- so that's their, you just, I'm going to use a similar line of thinking that you just rolled out. You just rolled out their one good win. Um, so they had that that Colts win. But who else are their wins against? I got the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Bengals. This is, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be impressed that you beat those teams. Uh, and then you're rolling into Pittsburgh. It's a different team, Pittsburgh is, because everyone keeps talking about Pittsburgh and the, the vaunted defense. They let up a lot of points. Um, so it's not like, I, and I can't really tell, because it's not all that different from the team that they had last year on defense. But for some reason, Fitzpatrick isn't getting all those interceptions. They're not turning the ball over. Um, so they're they're not. You know, I'm not expecting the real like low scoring close game. That's why I always encourage, even if you can't um, find the three points, you you know, buy it down from three and a half to three. Um, but uh, right now, uh, the Browns, you know, Mayfield's got a little bit of sore ribs, so you don't know what's going to go on there, and he's going to get um, you know hit a ton by the Steelers defense. So that's why we were looking up Case Keenum as a backup. I, I'm not really, you know. It's not like I'm betting on an injury or anything like that. I don't think he's injured. Um, but from that side of things, the last time they played a real a real competitive uh, rival within the division, they showed up small. Uh, and I think that's, that's part of the background of this team is that when kind of uh, expected to do well, which they're kind of at that point again, right? They, they're expected to be in this game. Uh, I, I think they're going to get smacked in the mouth a little bit here by this Pittsburgh team who can take advantage of, I think there's two two safeties out. I think they have cluster injuries in the secondary for Cleveland as well. Um, so with the, the safeties out there, Pittsburgh will be able to take advantage of it. Uh, Deontay Johnson won't be. I think he's already ruled out. Uh, but the good thing is, just like the Cowboys drafting well there for the linemen, the the Steelers just can't miss on wide receivers. So um, the fact that Deontay Johnson's out, I think there's real depth within that wide receiving group. So that really doesn't impact me in the least to say that they can't take advantage of that that lack of uh, health in the secondary. Yeah, so. that's for sure. I mean, Chase Claypool with his coming out party last week for uh, the, the Steelers there out of Notre Dame. All right, but you mentioned the teams that Cleveland has beaten. I'm going to read to you the teams that Pittsburgh has beaten so far this season. Ah, The New York Giants, the Denver Broncos, the Houston Texans, and the Philadelphia Eagles. So what about that roster of wins impresses you? Just got to play, got to beat who's on the schedule, Joe. Well, well, yeah, but you could say the same thing about Cleveland here. Not not their fault they haven't played an actual team yet. Man, there's a lot of bad teams this year. There are a lot of bad teams. Most of them are in the NFC East. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I mean, but so this is the first comparison that we're going to have, right? So we've got a a very small sample size, right? But uh, you got Cleveland who, you know, played uh, a big game, right? And they showed up small. So this would be the first time Pittsburgh's playing a big game. I I just got a lot more confidence in that team, um, quarterback, coaching staff, right? So just, I don't love Tomlin, right? But I'll take take Tomlin and Roethlisberger over, over the Cleveland duo there. I have to say, I, this is probably the first time that I'm interested 
to watch a Cleveland Browns game in a really long time. Um, I, I really want to see what's going to happen in this one. Yes, I know, Greg, you're about to say that they played the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Uh, and I had zero interest in that game because I knew where that game was going to go going into it. Um, I, I have to say, you know, the Browns have the best win of either of these teams on the schedule in their win over Indianapolis last week. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I think, I, well, obviously I'm going to go with Big Ben over Baker. You mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't had the turnovers this season um, that he did last season when he came over to Pittsburgh. I think that might change this week because Baker Mayfield is prone to turn the ball over. Uh, so that definitely plays in their favor. You had the issue with Odell Beckham Jr. where he was feel- feeling ill earlier this week. Not a COVID-19 case, uh, but definitely something to pay attention to. And I think that we're going to find out who the Browns are this week. What I like about the Cleveland Browns is just how good that running game is and how Stepanski has, um, has stuck to running the ball with you know, the monsters that they, that they have back there. So I'm excited to, to see how Cleveland plays in this game. I still have faith in that Pittsburgh defense as being one of the best in the league. I think they will finish the season there. Um, and I think they'll. There's just more of a desire, I think, to show up in a division game where we're going to see what they're made of this week. And and I think that they're going to want to, you know, quiet the Browns because all the talk is about this Browns offense right now. Um, so I th- do think that they get up for this one. I'll tell you what. I'm not touching the game at three and a half, especially. I think if this game is a blowout based on historical precedent here, it's going to be the Browns who are going to get blown out. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they keep this one close. Um, but And it is on the road in, in Pittsburgh. So take that for what it's worth. I'm staying away from it. You like the Steelers minus the three. And also, we don't know because of those health concerns, right? How healthy is Beckham going to be? What is Mayfield's status going to be? They're all listed as questionable for this one. I think they're all going to play. But if it doesn't happen that way, then I think you get the best number right now if you go with Pittsburgh early. All right, let's move on. All all, all those can only um, be in your favor, right? So, like... If anything's up with the ribs in actuality, right, that's only a plus on the Pittsburgh side. And if Beckham's out, that's obviously only a plus. This is an obvious statement, right? But I think the things in question at this point are on the side that we're on, um, So, or at least that I'm on. So, yeah. And so for that reason, if you're going to go with the Steelers, now is definitely a, a good time to take them. All right, let's move on to the Houston Texans visiting the Tennessee Titans. Right now, Houston plus three and a half out there. Uh, I think this is the most most interesting game of the week. I have been high on the Texans all season. I loved them on Tuesday night against the Bills just because of that situation for the Bills. I think this is as bad a spot here. Look, the offenses look great. You look at the quarterback numbers for Ryan Tannehill, and Adam Gaze looked like a real genius when he had him in Miami. Now that we look back, Tannehill has some of the best quarterback numbers in the league. He is efficient. He doesn't seem flappable. Uh, but I think part of the reason for that is that they keep him in the game. L- the biggest concern for me in this one is obviously the fact that they played on Tuesday night. Uh, a Tuesday night game with then a quick turnaround taking on a division rival. I think this is the better beware game of the week. Uh, if you're going to ride with the 
Tennessee Titans, you better be careful in this one because I th- it, it's pretty much unprecedented. It was once in the last 40 years that we saw a team play on a Tuesday night. Uh, and there's a reason. There's a reason we don't like a short week, right? A Monday night game playing a Sunday team. This night, we got a Tuesday night game. The good thing for them is they're not traveling because they were home against the Bills, and they'll be home again against uh, Houston. But the other thing that I want to look at is the Houston Texans. I heard a lot of praise for Bill O'Brien after last week, uh, despite the fact that they fired him. Uh, you know, his in-game management was always questionable to me. I kind of disagreed with some of that there. Still thought that that the Jags would cover. Um, And we talked about the brutal schedule that Houston has had to start the season. Uh, I I think that continues here with Tennessee. But we we played against Tennessee uh, opening week at Denver. We played them against them. That was a Monday night game in Denver. Then they went home and played the Jaguars. We played against them against the Jaguars, won both of those games because they were really bad spots. Denver at home the first two weeks of the season is a tough spot. This is another ridiculously tough spot for them, in my opinion. And I don't think, I think they they come home, they get the win, maybe. Uh, if they win here, Greg, I mean, this is, a, uh, this is about as bad a spot as you could look for against the team. And then the Bills had no idea who they were going to be playing last week, right? So people are high on the Titans coming off that win against an undefeated Bills team. They didn't know if they were going to be playing on, on Sunday, on Monday, on Thursday, and they end up playing on Tuesday. They thought that game was going to be postponed. They had to think that because they had a game scheduled for Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no way they could have been adequately prepared. And then they had to go on the road. Uh, so I think that people are going to be a little too high on the Titans who were rested for, what was it, two weeks, basically, before yep. getting into that game as it was. I think that this week they come back down to earth a little bit. Tough spot for them. I say take Houston plus the three and a half points. Yeah, I think it's similar to picking against the Cardinals because of their tough spot, right? Um you're you're essentially doing the same thing. It's funny how it ends up that the teams with the COVID cases aren't always the ones that are inconvenienced, right? So it's like I I, I found that interesting because you're you're right. They had plenty of time to sit there and prep for the game, but the other teams that aren't having any cases, not that it's like punishment. It's just they're getting early buys. They're they're getting you know just random things added to their schedule, not knowing, you know, who they're going to play and when I find that interesting that it's like, Hey, the Titans, it was, it was no real problem. They just had the bye week and then they got to prep for their game. Uh, maybe, uh, it impacts them now going into the next game on the short rest, but we'll see. Um, I, for your pick here, I just did a little, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. Uh, cause there's kind of a second piece here. I don't want to straddle the fence, but I was looking at the team total 27 and a half for Houston because I do like the over in this game. This is going to be, um, you know, the the second pick that I wanted to make. So <clears throat> I do like the over at 53. I've seen it 53 and 53 and a half out there. Um, that, uh, the Titans games have been they're putting points in the board, just like you mentioned. I mean, Tannehill has been. I'll say very quietly. I don't know if it's just quiet to me, but I, I feel like he's been putting up performances for, you know, the sample size is getting pretty big now. And, and you're you're kind of looking at where, what are we coming up? Did he come in week six or seven of last year, somewhere around this time frame? Yeah, it was against that against the Broncos uh, where Mariota had that terrible performance. They ended up losing that game. I think it was week six last season. 
Yeah. So like, you know, you get concerned that like, hey, maybe this is a flash in the pan uh, or maybe just Adam Gaze didn't know what the hell he was doing as evidenced by what he's doing now where he's just utterly confused. And uh, and Tannehill now, I think you can legitimately say what top eight, top ten. I mean, I mean, top oh, how five? could he not be? Think about yeah. this, Greg. Think about this. He's done it this season with one of his top two wide receivers missing for every game. They didn't have A.J. Yeah. Brown until this week, and then they didn't have Corey Davis for this week against the Bills. Again, I think it was a terrible spot for the Bills. I was high on the Titans last season. They have a good running game with Derrick Henry. I do think the one point for them that isn't getting enough attention because they've been scoring so many points is that defense has been giving up a lot of points. Oh, yeah. They gave up a lot of points to Minnesota. They gave up a lot of points to Jacksonville. Um, you know, that one game against Denver whose offense is is struggling and, and was injured in that one. Uh, and, you know, obviously first week of the season, they didn't give up a bunch of points. But that's something to pay attention to. I think that their defense is not as good as it was last season because they lost a couple key pieces, had some people who were injured early on in the season. So something to pay attention to there. But offensively, this team is as good as any team in the league. Yep. Yeah, so that's, I mean, from that, the equation of defense that lets up a lot of points, right? And then an offense, you think about, you know, maybe Tennessee takes the air out of the ball and runs Derrick Henry. But that's more of a, like, when it gets a little colder out, second half of the season thing. I think that's, they've shown that they want to do that a little bit later in the season. They had him out in some pretty big situations against Buffalo, uh, where the game was, they were trying to lock up the game and get the final first downs. They're definitely trying to conserve him for later in the year, uh, which is good. You got a defense that lets up points, and then you have an offense that can keep up with the other team. So uh, I'm I'm liking that over. Um, I'm looking a little. What concerns me more about anything is Houston's ability to score. I know you like the situation on there. That the team just hasn't played well. So that's why if you're not comfortable taking an over with them involved. You can always do 27 and a half is the over for the Titans there as that side. Um, and I, I think either one is good. So I, I have to figure out how I'm going to play that. But um, I'm in that area, I'm definitely doing one, if not both of them. All right. So you like the over 53, possibly over for the Titans at 27 and a half. Uh, in that one. Let's move on to the next game, and I'll do the first half of your uh, tease of the week, which has been getting home as of late. They made you sweat this yep. weekend. Ooh, they, both both weekends. Yeah, you have definitely had to sweat <laughs> I, for those teases, but they've been hitting. So the first leg of your tease this week. By, uh, like two points. Yeah, by two. You Wait, you hit your tease each game by a point? Uh, by half a point. Uh, last week and then this week the the Saints game which they they finally didn't cover in October so the streak's over um, but they covered three um, which which hit the two and a half that we had last week so we had Saints mi- minus two and a half and they squeaked out of there because of that doinked field goal and uh, and then Drew Brees getting getting us a little little uh, field goal action listen it we say it every week though in the intro of our show doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile winning is winning yeah and who wants a cigar game right who wants to sit there and just relax and enjoy yourself you, you want to be grinding it out losing years off your life a couple a couple cigar games you can't be grinding that out every week at the witching hour not every game you want to know that you have one in the bank so that what is it you're not you're not watching your teas for your lungs as you like to say yes yes 
for our lungs. But you know, it's very funny because we, you don't inhale cigars, right? So they're not necessarily bad for the lungs. There you, right? go. you might have issues with the mouth, but you don't have to worry about the lungs with the cigar game. <laughs> worry about your lungs for the other game. C- cigars are a hot topic right now because we had an unreliable cigar person for the, the, the golf trip here. Oh, so, man. Uh, we, we actually have to get to the beer store when it opens in 40 minutes to, to scoop up some cigars. I'm sure they'll be, uh, they'll be nice and fresh. Life's but, tough, Joe. Life's yeah. real tough. <laughs> uh, first world problems. Hey, life wasn't tough for the Miami Dolphins last week. They went across the country and absolutely waxed the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G looked like he was, I don't know, throwing the ball at a dug tank. What what the heck was going on there? He couldn't, I mean, everything was overthrown, underthrown. I don't know if receivers weren't running the right routes because let's not forget uh, I mean, a lot of those guys are not the core receivers that he was used to connecting with uh, because of all the injuries that they had had and obviously the lack of practice in the season here. But this week, the Miami Dolphins, they come back home to take on the hapless Jets who let go of Le'Veon Bell uh, this week. And obviously, they had a, a wealth of playmakers. Position, Joe. Say that all, again? They're all set at that position. Right. Yeah. At every position. Oh, my God. They didn't need Robbie Anderson in the offseason, so they let him go. And obviously, they're set at running back, so Le'Veon Bell. I'm waiting for Sam Darnold to get out of town. Um, it, it, they, they're good at safety. They let Jamal Adams go, you know, get let him go in the trade. I have no idea what the Jets are doing. Um, and I don't think they do either. This week, Greg Williams, their defensive coordinator, uh, alluded to the fact that it's not his guy's fault that the defense is giving up 32 points per game uh, as the offense has looked anemic this season and, and can't stay on the field. So uh, with that being said, uh, I don't think the Jets are the side that you're going on plus 16 points down in Miami. So tell me about your tease and why you like the fish this week. Indeed, yeah, we'll we'll start it off. You got to catch it. You got to do a seven pointer um, because you got to pull it um, from the nine and a half down to two and a half, like the the fish at home. And really, it's it's as simple as you just laid it all out. It's a bet against the Jets, right? And I, you you bet on situations, you bet against teams, or you bet on teams, right? Uh, and I think this is. <sighs> It's just a really tough situation. Like, I just can't imagine being on that team watching them just release, right? You just release Lev Bell. You, you don't even get you don't get any picks or anything like that. Like, you don't get conditional draft picks back, right, when you release someone, right. correct? So, like, that's at least what happens in free agency with a well-run organization is you let a guy walk and then you get a conditional draft pick because he walked. Correct. Like when you release him in some cases, not all, but yeah, get nothing. Yeah. But you have a chance. Now you just get nothing. Like it's just, it's a mess. So, you know, I think it's a mess. You think it's a mess. How could, how could the players be pumped up? I have to imagine like, why is Darnold not starting? Are they trying to keep him healthy for next season? Potential trade? Like what, what's going on? Well, I think that right now, I mean, the trade rumors are crazy that are swirling in New York about Darnold getting out of town and, and them tanking for Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, I, I again, I don't think it's Sam Darnold's fault. The guy might as well have me and you out there as wide receivers. Chris Herndon, who was supposed to be a good tight end, I, I don't know. He's got a case of the yips. He can't catch anything. The guy gets open and the ball hits him in the hands. Um, he's just really struggling right now. 
and uh, Jamison Crowder's his best target at wide receiver, but the guy runs underneath routes, and he'll have 13 catches for 80 yards, um, you know, with the exception of him breaking one. They have nobody to stretch the field, and defenses aren't scared of their wide receivers, so they can just bring pressure, and that offensive line is banged up. Look, they have so many problems. Um, even a blind squirrel finds a nut, so I, I don't know. I, I struggle to find the win on the Jets' Uh, schedule this season, but it's. I don't think it's going to be this week as they have to go on a road against the division foe. The one thing I just look at is the travel, right? We always talk about when teams have to go cross country and come back and, and um, you know, at that nine number, obviously it's, it's something to just pu- press the pause button a little bit, but I can't argue with you. It's always hard to argue a tease. Uh, the problem is you need to be right on, on more than one of those games. And uh, yes, so with that, I guess let's go, because I can't talk about yep. the Jets anymore. I can't talk yep. about them. Yeah, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the second half of that tease, because I actually like this game uh, without the additional touchdown here. We're looking at... The Chicago Bears heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Panthers have looked good as of late. Right now, the Bears come into this one as a point-and-a-half underdog. Um, Chicago coming off a Thursday night win against uh, Tampa Bay in a game that Tampa Bay really looked like they dominated. It was a big touchdown turnover before the half that uh, got Chicago back into it. But I'll tell you what, man. Um, I've been high on this Chicago Bears team since Nick Foles got the ball. <laughs> um, I was similarly down on them when Mitch Trubisky uh, was their quarterback. I think that this defense is somehow underrated. Uh, I think that despite the playmakers they have, everybody was talking about the Tampa Bay defense. People are still talking about the Tampa Bay defense. This Chicago defense is so good. Uh, Akeem Hicks, um, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, full, um, Kyle Fuller in, in the secondary. I mean, they, they have playmakers all over the place, and they're going to be in every game they play. I think you got to remember that this is Nick Foles' first year with the team. Sure, he has familiarity familiarity with Nagy, uh, but he's give him a little time to develop some chemistry, and I think he's starting to do that with some of his wide receivers here. Um, and I think that we're a little too high right now on the Carolina Panthers. They've beaten the Atlanta Falcons, who are still winless on the year. Uh, they beat the Chargers in Justin Herbert's second game, and their third win is against the Arizona Cardinals, who I'm still not sure what they are. Look, I think that Matt Rule is doing a great job there. I think Teddy Bridgewater looks very good in what he's doing with some of his wide receivers, um, in uh, Robbie Anderson, who the Jets let go, like we just talked about, and um, uh, Moore, who's their other one over there. I can't, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name. He's doing it without Christian McCaffrey, but as you always say. Uh, running backs are really important, right? A lot of value on running backs. Yeah, we were kind of making a, or I was making a joke, tongue in cheek. You know, once once they got that guy McCaffrey off the the squad, that <laughs> freed him up to win some games, right? That's yeah. It's it's funny how that happens, right? You lose your your best player, and clearly he's their best player, and then you go on a winning streak. I'm sure he's like, man, get me back on the field, and he he might start getting some head stuff going on if they lose once he comes back, but. Uh, I think close games, right, is what you're talking about. I, I think I was a little surprised Carolina was favored here, um, but I guess it makes sense. I, I you know, I, I haven't seen Chicago blow anyone out. I haven't seen Carolina blow anyone out. I do think it's going to be a, a, you know, more tough 
fought game Chicago off the longer rest as well, right? So they've had forever um, to sit here and plan for this game. So that's that's primarily how I or why I like it as the the second part here. I, I want the points, right? I really wish I would have it at one and a half so I could get it up to eight and a half. Uh, but I'm not seeing that out there. So uh, because I want to pull the first half down from seven, uh, seven points down to two and a half on the uh, Dolphins game, I'm locked in for seven on the second game. So it's going to go up to eight. So you get through seven, you get through seven and a half. Eight's fine. It would be better at eight and a half. But I don't have the option to do like a seven and a half point tease, um, or at least I could look into it. Just tell uh, me how many. Why don't you just tell me how many points you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going all the way up to ten, so I'll I'll, I'll tell you that much. Because then we got to we got to loop in a third game there. But this is a good candidate for ten points actually, because because you get it up to eleven, you get the Jets down to just to pick them, uh, and then you got to find a third game. Yeah, that- over over in the Tennessee game, right? What could go wrong? There you go. There's absolutely nothing could go wrong. Why don't we just throw in a fourth team, make it a 13-point tease, and just go right to the bank, start spending the money right now? That's crazy, Joe. Nobody does 13-point (laughs) teases. Somebody does them. Listen, if a bet exists, somebody's betting it. I promise you that. They don't just put those out there for for window dressing. Somebody's shopping them. No, but look. I did did say that – this is new. One of the sites that I'm working on, they go all the way from seven to 10. So I did do a nine and a half pointer. Um, it's, I mean, it's weird, right? But if you're not getting a key number, right. And you can do it at nine and a half for lower juice than 10. Why not? Because you, you don't want to lose a game by a half point. (laughs) As long as you're getting into the half. I know. I know. Because there's no difference in on a push. Yeah, if eight is a is a dead, you know, you, it's a losing number, right? So you only have seven and a half in that anyway. Yeah, so you don't you want to avoid the push on that one. Look, I I think that we're going to find out a lot about Carolina this week because this is the first serious defense that they've played, um, and I think that they have had a little bit of trouble. Uh, when they played a, a better defense. And I think we saw that the first two weeks of the season. We're going to see really what they're made of right now. Atlanta, I'm, you know, I, I'm not sold on that defense. I'm not sold on Arizona's defense yet. And and the Chargers have had a bunch of injuries um, on their defense. I think when healthy, that Chargers defense is going to be really scary, especially with what we're seeing Justin Herbert doing on the offensive side of the ball. But in, in the spot that you catch them, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So I like... Uh, I I would like to just jump in here because this is hopefully the last time I have to correct you when we do this, but he is Super Bowl champion Nick Foles, and I've coached you on this before, and I trust that... No, false. False. Super Bowl MVP is the correct phrasing that you want me to use, not Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, who uh, outdueled the GOAT. I don't know if you can really say outdueled him when it was what twenty to nineteen. I think the final <laughs> score was on that one, uh, way back on Thursday night. By the way, doesn't that Thursday night game feel like three weeks ago? The the Tom Brady one. The Tom, yeah, the Bears and the Bucks. The, the four. It does. I mean, because it was forever ago. I know. And we're not even talking about that. We've had we had a Tuesday night game, a Monday night game. We had I mean it's it's ridiculous what we've seen since then. It feels like I don't know what's going on this football season, but it's crazy. Tuesday felt weird. It really it had a weird feel, and it took a little bit of the luster 
I was I was stressed out on Monday Night Football watching the Saints, so it didn't really take too much of the luster. But it was it was really <laughs> weird watching Monday Night Football, knowing you had some more football the next day. Yeah, I heard somebody saying that the NFL should be playing, should be planning to play football every night of the week, and I I I am not for that. Every uh, night is just too much. I think that would cause marital problems for many. <laughs> That's for sure. And you can't, you listen, you can't be stressing about uh, half point teasers on, on, on Wednesday. You got to reserve right. that for Sunday right. and Monday. That's a, a stress free. That's Monday night stress only. Oh, my goodness. All right. So I'm going to recap here for you because Greg has a tea time in about 25 minutes. Uh, he's going to, he, he's, he says he's locked in here. We'll see about the short game right now. He is rolling with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He says buy it down to three against the Cleveland Browns. He's going with the over in Houston and Tennessee. 53 and a half is the number out there. There are some 53s if you can find them. Uh, the tease of the week, Miami minus two and a half and the Bears plus eight and a half. For me this week, I'm going with the Cowboys. Say take the point and a half if you can get it. Uh, and then I say roll with the Bears. Take the point and a half on the road against the Panthers. My better beware game of the week is the Houston Texans plus three and a half. Watch out, Tennessee fans. It's a rough week for them. And, of course, the wing foot lock of the week by Chris Portente. You got to go over to our Instagram page to check that out. He's been doing this. Five everywhere. Five. Five and oh so far this season. He was handing out high fives all over the place. Uh, I really did like that post. You got to go check it out. Have you seen that one there, Greg, yet? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, you got to go check out the, the Instagram reaction after last week's win to get to 5-0. and oh. Listen, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, I did see that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So high fives to everybody out there. Listen, it's not whether, remember guys, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Wingfoot Locks. Have a great week, everybody. 